You are listening to a live message from Gold Street Garden Church with Dr. Dominic Butler. We are thrilled to have you join us for today's message. Our prayer is that you would see Jesus clearer than ever before and your desire to know him personally would increase in Jesus' name. Amen. For more information about the church, you can go to goldstreetgarden.com. Father, we just thank you for this amazing night that we have, that, Lord, that we have the privilege to come together tonight and, and celebrate you. Lord, in a, in a world that is uh, questioning what to do tomorrow, we're thankful that no matter what, we're following you. Tonight, Lord, I thank you that, uh, Father, I thank you that our confidence in you would not be prideful arrogance in what we think we know but that, Lord, we would be so grounded in truth that we wouldn't thrive off of being rebellious towards other, others and things like that, but literally we would walk in such a peace that our peace would carry an authority, that it's not in our, our rhetoric that we try to spit out at people trying to say why we do what we do, but the peace that we walk in is literally a shield of faith from everything else going on. And Lord, I thank you that tonight that as we read your scriptures that you would just unveil truth in such a, a, a powerful way, God, that, Lord, we would be sobered but yet so loved. And we thank you that your word says that perfect love casts out all fear. And it's very obvious that that fear is truly having its way in the masses right now, Lord. And we need that revelation of perfect love to be the filter of our decision-making. And we thank you for Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus in a greater measure tonight because, Lord, we're not here to just hear a word. We're not here to hear Dom's opinion on coronavirus. We're not here. We're here to see Jesus in greater light. And we thank you for it in Jesus' precious name, everyone said. Amen. It's so awesome to have the Turnbulls with us tonight. I tell you what, it's a love their family. And uh, if you're not, you should follow Joe on uh, social media because, like, every other day he's got a picture with uh, some great men and women of God that are extremely close to Jesus. And it's uh, awesome to just see the impact that just Todd White and Daniel Kalinda and Eric Gilmore, Brian Gearn, who should be here in May. Uh, I believe that he'll be, you want to say uh, he'll be here in May by faith, um, but it's exciting to see uh, all that. So, uh, and next time you come, we're going to have to get you to preach, man. We got to get Joe Turner to preach. So, uh, but yes, uh, tonight, uh, the, we, last week we talked about the cross and I want to talk about that again, because I feel like it's, it's so important that we, we keep that at the center focus, but there was, uh, tonight what we're going to be talking about is taking up our cross, take up your cross. But we're still going to talk about it in this angle. But the Lord revealed this to me with everything going on. The Lord just spoke this to my heart. And he said, nothing reveals a heart like a price tag. Nothing reveals a heart like a price tag. And pretty much what God was, was saying to me is, you know, we're at a place right now where, uh, like the reason we decided to have service, you know, it's, we have to understand that there's places in the world that it's against the law to do this. And right now it's a suggestion to not do that. And I'm not saying, and I really believe our president and leadership is going to great lengths to protect us. I really, I really do believe that there is protocol being taken and, it, and it's, but the thing that is still true is we have to understand that when there becomes a price attached to us gathering, whether it's good intention or, or not, it should increase our desire to come together. And, and you have to really understand with Scripture, you know, Jesus never turned one sick person away. He never turned one sick person away. Sometimes Scripture is very evident by what Jesus didn't do is just the same as what he did do. It's, it's the same implication. And if he never turned a sick person away, what he was really saying is that, there's no reason to not gather. 
there's no reason when I am at the center. That's why in my prayer, I, I was very specific because I want us to be watchful that we don't ever approach everything with a rebellious nature. Like, I'm just going to do it because the Word says it. That's what people are doing. It's the completely wrong attitude. Jesus wouldn't even say that. It, it just re- it goes to show that I don't want to congregate with you because you probably will get a virus. Because your eyes aren't on Jesus, it's on how confident you are in what you think you believe. We're not confident in what we think we believe. We're confident in Him. It's completely different. The reason that the reason that we were coming together, I mean, even when you read when Jesus said he had to be lifted up, just like the, the serpent was in, in Numbers with Moses, the thing was is it wasn't like, you know, it, it, the bottom line is it was a simple thing. It was continuing to keep our eyes on him. And we're coming to a time where I really believe that gatherings like this, what's going to happen is there is going to be factual evidence that there is zero trace a virus in these arenas that they're like there's something that people are going to realize that oh wait we don't want to we don't want to put people in quarantine we actually want to we want to put their hospital beds roll them up to where people are praising God and welcome them in and not be like oh no don't come in you know and this is this is where we have to go and i i really believe that um and let's let's read this passage if you turn to Mark chapter 8, there's just a few passages I want to read. It's just kind of like table talk, and then I just want to, let's, let's just worship him again. And obviously, it's important that we're contending against the things that are going on. But uh, the thing that you, you, have to all, you all have to realize is that the media is evil. Can we all just understand that? The, the media is very evil. It is extremely evil. And because of that, you can't trust what they are saying. You, you just can't. Now, am I saying that, you know, you, we, we shouldn't gauge, like, hear a couple facts, you know, get some things, you know, make decisions which you need to for your family. But the thing is, is that we have to stay so focused on him right now. And there's a passage we'll read that will kind of bring a little bit more light to that. But um, people are hearing things through a filter of fear. Do you understand that? That do you know how dangerous fear is? Fear is is it, we don't fear is so foul to God. It is it is so foul to Him that perfect love literally cast it out. That it literally has no place. But people are hearing every all these reports through a filter of fear which is causing them to act crazy that's why you know what's and i feel led to just say this before we go <laughs> i remember this from worship i heard this while we were worshiping tonight and the lord's reminding me of new wine <laughs> and uh you may have heard this before but it was just coming to me like do you understand that jesus talked about new wine for a reason and the way that people view wine is an alcoholic beverage that you get intoxicated on. And what happens when you get intoxicated on an alcohol beverage? You start making decisions that you normally wouldn't make. Correct? <laughs> okay, I get an amen. Does anybody, does anybody have a couple stories that you, you wouldn't want uh, us to be talking about tonight? You know what I'm saying? So like when you drink alcohol, you get intoxicated. And that's why they call it spirits. Because you get influenced by a different spirit other than common sense and things like that. But here's the thing. Jesus talked about new wine because when you start drinking of this word and you drink of his presence, you get intoxicated and you start making decisions that the world doesn't make that they think you're crazy for making because you're just drunk on him. And they're like, why would you gather with people right now? There's an amber alert. There's this alert. And it's like, I'm drunk, bro. Like, I, I don't know what else to do besides get with people that love the Lord. Pass me the new wine. That's why it's, we start, you, you, and that's why when people laugh in the presence of God, when they, it's, it's because they're intoxicated. They're, they get to a place where they, the world doesn't matter. These things don't matter. And you get influenced by a spirit, the spirit. And it, it takes you to a, a different 
you make this, you don't make decisions based off the facts. You make the decision based off the whisper, that whisper. And that's why be still and know, because what is happening right now? The mind is racing. Like I was talking, uh, I was talking with uh, Joe Navarre before service and him and I were talking like and had the same, we had to repent earlier this week because what happens is you start wanting to hear what everybody is saying. You want to even hear what ministers are saying and things like that. I only want to hear what he's saying because a minister that you even really respect could miss it because what is going on right now, people are being intoxicated by fear. I hate this. I hate this when people use this phrase out of context and you're going to hear it a lot from your Christian brethren and sisters. Be watchful when you hear it. Make sure you use wisdom. I don't like when people use that phrase from fear. And I feel like a lot of times you're going to hear, make sure you're using wisdom. They might even have right intentions, but just make Jesus' wisdom. So when somebody says, make sure you use wisdom, what you need to do is say, make sure you're in relationship with Jesus. Make sure you're talking with Jesus. And, and uh, I just want to say that because people are going to try to make you feel very bad right now. It's called persecution. And that's why I want to talk about this because you might, and I, I don't want to say this to alarm you, but people that are in this room tonight, we could hear a report tomorrow and next week only two people could be here. Do you know what I'm saying? We, we want to say that we'll be there, but that's why I want to say this because it's very sobering what's happening right now because say, that, say this is over in two weeks. It doesn't change what the Bible says that there are things coming. And if this is how we react to something so potentially small, how are we going to react when something big happens? What is happening right now is revealing how unprepared the masses are for the return of Christ. This is revealing. It's, it's a huge litmus test. And you being here tonight does say something to him, saying that I have a remnant. I have people I can use. And this is nothing. I'm not here to judge anybody what, what they're doing. And I, you would not hear me saying that they're a bad pastor for doing this or a bad minister. People have to deal with what they're saying. I'm just saying I, I had zero pause. I had zero pause on tonight. And I'm just sharing from my heart, from, from where I'm at. Because, and I want, and this is not even a fearful statement. If the world ended tomorrow, would I have wanted to be cooped up in the house with my family based off fear? Or would I want to be out worshiping Jesus with the church? You know what I'm saying? So it's like Paul said. He said, if I live, it's Christ. And if I die, it's gain. What he was pretty much saying is that if I'm going to live, I'm going to do what the Bible says. And I'm going to, I'm going to preach no matter if they put a, if they have a knife to my throat telling me they're going to cut my head off. We don't even have that right now. And people are freaking out. So the price tag reveals the heart. And there's becoming more of a price tag to do what was convenient a week ago. And how many believers, <laughs> so can't believe, how many believers might not go to church for months because it might still be there, might still be there. You know what I'm saying? But it's a fail, it's a failure to understand him. So I want to read this. Verse 31 in Mark chapter 8, it said, And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, and the chief priest and the scribes be killed, and after three days rise again. He spoke this word openly. Then Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, some of you have heard this passage a lot before and just to back up just a few moments ago peter like acknowledged jesus as the messiah and jesus like patted him on the back and said you know flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you my father which is in heaven like peter just had this you know he got like an uh, you know academy award from heaven from jesus you know for the best revelation like so peter is like 
you know, Woo! you know, he's like, I want to preach next service, Jesus. He's like, I'm your, uh, <laughs> you know, like he's, he's riding the high, but Jesus starts talking about suffering. Did you know that, did you know that no matter how much faith preaching you hear that suffering is still in the Bible, <laughs> you can't black it out. In fact, it's in red. Suffering is a very much a part of the Christian life. In fact, it's probably the biggest part that's missing in American culture. Suffering is not sickness because that's not from God, but suffering is persecution and it's also submitting your need to understand everything. Because what is, can we all admit how frustrating it is to not understand something or not understand what's going on? But when you submit and say, God, I know you'll reveal it to me. I know that you know, I know that this, and that, that, that is a suffering too. But American church has no clue what suffering is. Suffering to American church is somebody called me a fanatic. Somebody called me too radical. Somebody told me to go away when I told them God loves them. You know what I'm saying? The price tag is being raised. And we have to be a prepared church. And that's why just the fact that you all came tonight shows that we are, we are, we are contending for something bigger because people could have stayed home tonight. And some did, you know, and that's, but I'm just saying the fact that we're here, let's, let's um, go after this because I believe that as the price tag increases, so does the glory. <laughs> the price it takes to get together is the manifestation of glory. Because when we look at the disciples and the apostles, what did they walk in? They walked in authority, seeing massive miracles. Peter's shadow healed people. But he was getting put in prison, getting beat up, and he never quit. We quit just because somebody politely is asking us to stay home. We don't. I want to preface that. We don't. Because we know who's in us. So Peter takes Jesus aside when he starts hearing about this suffering. And he rebukes him. If you get anything out of tonight, do not rebuke God. <laughs> it's not smart to rebuke God. It takes some serious guts, a.k.a. stupidity, but guts nonetheless. And Peter takes him aside, but this is the thing, and we're going to finish this passage here. He says, But when he, Jesus, had turned around and looked at the, his disciples, he rebuked Peter, saying, So this, first off, Jesus doesn't say, Peter, come over here, buddy. You know, you shouldn't say that in front of people. Peter, Jesus turns around in the middle. You see, this is how little room Jesus gives the devil. Amen. Amen. That I don't care about your feelings right now. I don't care about whatever. Jesus turns around and says, get behind me, Satan. And I know you're Peter. I know you're Peter. But right now, he doesn't even say that. He says, get behind me, Satan. And then he goes on to say this. This is the most powerful part of this passage. You are mindful of the things of man, not the things of God. So what is it to be, what is it to be possessed by a satanic mentality is to be mindful of man, not God. It's not to be mindful of satanic worship. It's not to be mindful of devils. It's to be mindful of man. Because if you think, if all you do is think about yourself, you think just like the devil. Because selfishness is the devil's kingdom. That's why hell is torture. Because once you realize it's all about you, that's all it profits, is just torture. Selfishness is a life of torture. Just on this earth, it's, it's a mask from how detrimental it is. But even people that live for themselves are are, are suicidal, they're, they're constantly in torture, constantly these things. So, But here's what happens. Jesus says these things to Peter. You're mindful of the things of man. 
And what is happening right now? The churches is even being mindful of man, not God. Are we, are we, are we just listening to what is recommended or are we saying no in his presence? God, what do you say about this? God, like, like maybe, and, and I'm, this is not a rebuke to our, um, leadership, but you know what? If I was, if I was, and you know, I'm just, this is hindsight. I would be calling a national day of prayer and fasting and saying, America needs to get on our face and repent for, for same-sex marriages. We need to repent for allowing things to go, go down, allowing abortions. Allow, like, we don't understand that we're saying, well, we need, we need society to go back to being comfortable. Actually, maybe the devil needs to beat up America a little bit. And I know that that's a harsh statement for me to make. But America has had it too good to the, to the point that maybe things like this, it's not God doing it. It's the devil is, is the devil is, is sifting and the remnant is going to have to come forth. Who, and who believes who, where, you know, and I know it's strong. It's strong stuff, but it's just, uh, so get behind me. Same for you are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Verse 34, keep reading. When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Now, when we read this scripture, I've heard so many, and I'm not, I've just, even I have preached this way too sugar-coated. When we hear cross, we just think that's our destiny. Or, you know, you'll hear like, it's your call of God. You know, Jesus' call of God was to carry a cross, but, you know, yours is, you know, just living a, a nice little, you know, home on the prairie life and everything's, everything's good. But the thing that's really important to see is Jesus could have said, he could have used so many analogies. Do you know, we talked about it last week. Do you know the cross was an offensive term? That when he said, take up your cross and follow me, the only thing they thought of was carrying a beam to my execution. Do you understand that? That this wasn't Jesus just giving a nice little speech. He was saying, if anyone desires to follow me, take up your cross and live like you're headed to your execution of who you are. Deny yourself. We talked last week about the beam that Jesus carried was 110 pounds. And he had to carry up a hill after being scourged. Do you know what scourged is? A lot of us don't because it's a New King James language. Do you know what scourged means? It means to be filleted. Filleted. Last week I made a statement that Jesus was, you know, we, we have, we, we, it, people have said that he was whipped 39 times. There's actually, there, there is semi-truth to that because of tradition with Jews, Jewish culture that, you know, if you go past 39, that a human body can't take it. But Romans were the ones that did this, not the Jews, which means that they could have went even longer. They could have. And the, we talked about it the other night, but you have to understand when he was being filleted, that these Roman soldiers... We're, we're casting lots for his clothes while they're doing this, which means that they have no respect or anything for him whatsoever, which means that when they are whipping him with a cat of nine tails, and if you're not sure what a cat of nine tails is, it is a long strand of leather, and what they do is they attach pieces of sharp glass and sharp metal to this. And they just relentlessly hit him. They don't say, get ready for the next one. They don't, they're not trying to avoid hitting him at certain spots of his body. I read a report this past week that history has said that Jesus may be the only person documented that was actually scourged, filleted at a whipping post, and then crucified. They said that that really medical science proves that you would have died 
we talked last week, the crown of thorns in his head, that there is so much blood in your skull that having a crown of thorns dug into your head would actually kill most people. Medical science, proven. Do you understand the price that he paid? And that's why we need to talk about the cross. One of my favorite things the Holy Spirit said last week is when I hear about the cross, it shouldn't be, I'm sorry, I want to change. It's I need to look at the cross until I realize he changed me. He changed me on the cross. It's already mine. It's already been taken care of. It's just I have to stare at it a little longer. And the thing is, is we don't want to stare at it a little longer because it's painful to see. In Isaiah, it says that he was undesirable to look at. When we see movies, it doesn't even do close that he, w- he literally was a filleted piece of meat. And then they crucified him to a cross. Why did he do that? Because he wanted you to be able to come into his presence without feeling guilty, without feeling like you owed him something. He wanted to, he wanted to talk. We talked last week about the veil 30 feet tall, 30 feet wide. And it was like seven feet. It was, it was really thick too. And it was with blue, red, scarlet. Uh, it was, that was how it was tied up. And on it was an emblem of a cherubim, which is an angel, which was repl- replicating the Garden of Eden when God placed the cherubim, an angel, to protect man from coming into his presence. So the veil, soon as Jesus committed his spirit. It said that God tore the veil from the top to the bottom because he was like, this is over. Come into my presence. The price has been paid. And when we think about ourselves and we think about all these other things, what we actually do is we're walking further away from what he paid for. And this is just a very simple statement. Every, ta- every step you take following Jesus is one step further away from your will and one step closer to his perfect will. Every step following Jesus is one step further away from your will and one step closer to his perfect will. It's that simple. And that's why every day when we're told to take up our cross, what we're doing is we're, is we're saying, Lord, Like, you have to understand, Jesus came here. He didn't come to enjoy life. He is life. But we think that, we talked about a little while ago, John 10.10. That's what verse everybody used. You know, the thief has, you know, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. So many times we think that that scripture means that God just wants us to live it up and do all these different things. When, is anybody, can anybody translate what life is scripturally? Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the what? The light. So let's read, read that scripture properly. He said that the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have me and have me more abundantly. Amen. Changes everything because now it's all about relationship, not about what he can give me. He's already given you everything. It's just about manifesting that through the conviction that you have. That's why we, we've been talking about, the Lord's been revealing, uh, um, uh, Tom Rivette and I have been talking with uh, some people that are high up with uh, human trafficking and preventing it and things like that. You see, when I start hearing stuff about that and hearing how Clearwater's a, a top place for human trafficking, all of a sudden my faith rises and says, Lord, we need more money. We need more money to stop this. We need more. Like, that's the thing that your faith should rise for when you hear about how people are being tormented, how people are, be- that how people are being taken advantage of and not hearing about the true gospel, people being taken against their will. Do you, you know, if I, told, if I got up here and told you some of the things, I can just tell you one thing. There's, there's places that have been busted in here down on these streets. Right on Gulf to Bay, there's things where people, there's children that have been tied up without clothes and people on their breaks from work go there and I don't have to say the rest. Happening all the time and it's kept on hush because there's a lot of money involved. 
And media and things want you to believe these problems are overseas so that they can, you know what I'm saying? So when we talk about these things, we're he- the church is here for a reason. And if you don't wake up to why that is, you will just get tired of a certain church because of the music. You'll get tired of a certain social gathering. You'll get tired because if you don't wake up to the reality of you are the remedy to what is going on around you. And that's why we came together tonight, because we have to be the evidence that he is alive. If we just say, yes, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just comply, no problem. We're just another restaurant. We're just another bar. I, I know it sounds crazy. It, like, I feel like, like, would Jesus postpone going to the cross because there was a virus going on? Like there's things that that are just non-negotiable as far and you know, and it's just we have to get to that that place. But um there's only one last thing I, I, I feel led to uh actually two things. Is that okay? Yes. <laughs> you don't got anywhere else to go, do you? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you say somebody going home to get, you know, say so, um might as well uh, camp out. <laughs> If you guys, if everybody could turn to, uh, turn to Matthew chapter 24. I was going over this with some of our leaders over the weekend and just feel led to go there again. But I do want to say this. I really believe, do you know when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, that the enemy kept wanting him to bow? And the reason he was trying, one of the big temptations, you have to understand If you really look at it, the temptation was, I will give you the kingdoms of this world if you bow to me. Remember when Satan said that? Did you know that you can only be tempted if it's something real to you? So if Jesus could be tempted by it, it shows that he didn't consider it a made-up thing because he was actually tempted by it. Am I reading scripture correctly? It says he was tempted. Why would he have been tempted by that? Because he knew the price that he was going to have to pay to get the nations to bow to him, the king of kings ways. And I say that because the devil, I believe, is whispering in the church's ear, I will give you comfort and ease of life if you just stop. Don't cause a ruffle right now. Just listen to what everybody's saying and invite you know what i'm saying like i will give you the comfort i'll give you the ease and i do want to i want to make sure that if you i want to make this statement that i'm i don't want to come across like i'm telling you you have to do anything it has to be the spirit of god and if you do have fear in your heart and you know it you you've had some fearful thoughts don't be afraid to tell somebody that you trust that with their walk with the Lord and say, can you pray with me? I don't feel comfortable going out in public right now. And I have this going on. Can you pray with me? Like that, There's nothing wrong with the church being there for one another. There's nothing wrong if you have that thought. I just want to say that to you. Be free from even feeling that. We have families. We have things like that. The devil is warring with people's minds. So even if you've had that thought, there's no condemnation. Just make sure you don't let it slide. Like deal with it. Bring it before the Lord. And if you have to get somebody to pray with you, amen? That's what we're here for. Don't act tough when, when you know in your heart something's wrong. That's bad. It's very bad. Remember Peter, I will never deny you. How did that work out? So I'm just saying, just have, have these things in your heart. So Matthew 24, I just want to read this real quick. It just It's like reading the news um, practically. I'm going to read Matthew 24 verses. Uh, let's just start at verse 1. You like reading the Bible? Can I say one more thing before I read this? Can you make sure this is the news that you're, you're watching and reading the most? Just feel led to say that. I know it's simple, but I know some of you in here may have a, uh, you might even be saying, I can't, 
There could be a part of you that's anxious to go home and hear what the new reports are. Get in this word and make sure anything you hear is filtered through perfect love and faith. Amen. So uh, 24, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came up to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said to them, do you not see all these things? Surely I say to you, not one stone shall be left here upon another that shall not be thrown down. <laughs> Just so funny. If um, We won't get into that right now, but that's very funny if you understand. So, um. Oh, wow. So uh, verse three. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming? And at the end of the age, I just want to say the Lord just quickened to me as I read that Jesus would not have said the next things he said unless the disciples asked him. You got to see simple things like that, that Jesus wouldn't give us this amazing thing unless the disciples asked This was actually the fruit of a conversation. If you want to know what to do next, ask him. Ask him. He will tell you. Amen? Can Can people validate that you've heard from God before in your heart in this room? Amen? He speaks today. He's speaking right now. But the devil wants to... to, to to, cr- to cloud that voice, distort that voice, and fear does that better than anything. That's why every time an angel or Jesus came from me, he said, first thing he said, do not fear. Because he had to say that because they were fearful, obviously, but it was also because he knew that they wouldn't receive the word they need to through a filter of fear. So it had to be, it had to be removed And I put in my notes, the only thing that remains hidden to you are the things you fail to desire to pursue. And so many things are hidden to people in the church because they just don't have a desire for it. Like people, there's people that don't believe in healing. They don't have a desire to see people healed so they don't pursue it. There's some people that don't believe that God wants to prosper so they don't pursue it. You see what I'm saying? That once you, once you, it's been revealed to you, you start to pursue it. That's why when you realize how great he is, it changes your whole lifestyle because you start pursuing him. You start getting so tunnel vision for him. Uh, my wife and I are at a place where you, we're, we're just getting, it has to be Jesus. It just has to be Jesus more so than ever right now. Like it has to be him. Amen. All, and that's what the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit reveals him. It's his main job. We talked about the cross. God, it was God's plan. Jesus executed, and the Holy Spirit's job is to reveal everything that was purchased. They all the triune, it, it, the Trinity is all about the cross and revealing what it is. And Jesus is central to that. He's the centerpiece of heaven. So this is what Jesus answered them when they said, "Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many.'" And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. I want it it's so important that you understand when it's talking about nation rise against nation, the one thing that do not doubt is behind the scenes right now. Nations are rising up against nations more so than ever. You think a virus is a problem? Did you, if you do some fact checks, you can find out that China owns 95 to 96% of all the antidotes, all the, the, the pharmaceutical remedies to illnesses in the world. Do you know where the virus came from? And it could have been happenstance. It very well could have. But at the same time, how did we allow that to happen? Because your day could be going perfect, and then tomorrow, a virus. To, it's not about guns and violence on the shores. I think that we're coming, that people are more crafty in today's age. The devil could look, our whole society changed in a week. And it's something that's not, and people are taking note of this. The devil is seeing how people respond to his fear. It's because it's satanic. And I'm not, I'm not even here to talk about China. I'm just saying sometimes if there's a, some facts that are a little alarming, 
nation rise against nation. Then they deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Now, I just want to say something to you. <laughs> if you're talking to Jesus and asking him a question, like, hey, what will be the signs that come? And he starts saying this, and by the way, they're going to kill you. you. You see how this is things that don't get preached very often because we want to live in this bubble that God will protect me and God will be, and God will protect you. God will protect you, but the whole thing, it's an honor to give your life. And I don't know if anybody's told you that before. Can you imagine? I, I'm just saying, I know I'm, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying this for anybody, but could you imagine somebody being martyred for him and passing from this life and going there? Remember when Stephen is receiving the rocks? thrown at him, and Jesus stands up. He's seated in heaven. He's seated, but he stood up. Why? Because he's about to welcome his prized bride home, a bride that'll pay any price, even if it's my own life. Are we ready for that? Are we ready for that? Or are we more content with building facilities and social media and all these things. And they're, they're tools. I get it, but I think we're coming to a time where we're going to see how frivolous, how trivial it doesn't matter. Amen. It's an honor. But you only see that if you see him. You're, you're afraid to do it if you don't see him. You look at it as no, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want. The only reason you would think that way is because you have to see him and the price that he paid. This is the big one. Verse 10, and then many will be offended and will betray one another and will hate one another. Do you see that church turns on each other every day? How dare you say that? What about me? What, you know, like, how dare you believe that? How dare you say that? How dare you support that president? How Christians do that to each other all the time. Like that's been going on, but it's, it's going to get heated up. It's going to get heated up because hearts are being revealed. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. That's scripture right there. What is happening in America right now? People are fighting to make laws based off people's feelings. In California right now, you cannot address somebody by a he or she. You have to call them they. It's a law. I don't know if you knew that. It's literally a law. You have to address them as they. In California right now, you can only address them by he or she if they approve you can. Until they say yes or no, you actually have to have improper grammar because you have to say they. This is in California. Also, today reported in California, if you have, if a congregation meets, they are fined. They are fined. This is happening. So you have to understand, and I'm not trying to, I, don't even be alarmed by these things. I'm just saying them because you have to wake up to him. Amen. So, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. If you skip down to verse 36, it says, but of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the son of man be. Well, what did Noah do in his day? He was building a boat when there was no rain. He was building a boat when everybody else was living it up. When it says that when the coming of Christ will be like the days of Noah, 
the biggest reveal will be who is preparing for his return and who is not. Do you see that? So what is important? Making sure our families know that Jesus is more important than anything. That even if work right now, because people are talking about the virus, but, you know, work, financially, things are happening right now. And they're going to try to come up with analytical remedies. But we're not dependent on the government. Amen? Amen. 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 <laughs> it's important. So, for as in the days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until that day. Then Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. And I brought this up the other night. Do you know when it starts raining? People don't know it's going to flood. People are just thinking it's raining. Yeah. Feels good. We needed some rain, right? Crops need some rain. Next thing you know, you're not breathing. A flood's not as fast as you think. And I believe that it's beginning to rain. I believe it has been raining. And we got to be preparing. You got to ask yourself what's most important right now. And you should have already been asking yourself this, but remember what Joseph said uh, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. He said, when all of his brothers came to him, remember, Joseph's brothers threw him in a pit to be sold into slavery. And then he kept rising to the top. He goes to a prison, goes to, you know, go, well, he goes to slavery, and then he gets put in prison because of... Uh, all, you go through the whole story. But the thing is, is that when he comes to this end, he said his brothers are repenting to him, saying, forgive us. And he said, what you intended for evil, God turned it to good. So right now, what the enemy is doing, we have, an op we have two options. We either get sucked into the fear of what he's doing, or we say, we're going to flip this on its head. Because guess what? I'll say this in closing. We talked about the cross, right? Did you know who inspired crucifixion? Does anybody here believe God inspired crucifixion? No, right? The crucifixion was inspired by the enemy. He used society, he used Roman Empire to come up with this torturous system. And God used what the enemy made to torture people and he took that evil and he used the cross to become the symbol of life do you see that so in this time right now you have a decision to allow this virus these this pandemic to be evil which it is evil but i'm saying we could turn it on its head and say we're going to use this as a ramp for god's glory we're going to use, Lord, we thank you for this opportunity to shine. Because it's, it's hard to shine when everything's convenient. Because that's when church is an option. But when the heat gets turned up, people realize that it's a necessity. Amen. I know this is a very simple application, but I really feel in my heart. I know this is so simple. Can everybody do this this week? Can you make it a point to take communion with your family every day? I really believe we need to in these times more than ever. Take communion often and remember this sacrifice. The other thing, listen to songs about the cross. I'll just keep listening to songs about, like, this song is called At the Cross. It's a hill song. Darlene Sheck wrote it years ago. It's a powerful song. Keep these kind of songs. Worthy is the Lamb. Sing all hail King Jesus, Jeremy Riddle. Like sing these, sing these songs over and over again. Get it in over your heart. Um, Joe, Turmo, could you come? I want, I want to get Joe to just end and praying over just our body, over the nation, and uh, we'll just close out. We'll keep singing right after, but we're closing out right after. I just want Joe to pray over. Uh, just really felt it in my heart. If you have something to share, I want you to share it as well.
God gave me the scripture in worship, and I just wanted to share it with everyone. It's Revelations 2, verse 29, and it says this, Who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say to the churches. Lord, I thank you that your voice, God, is louder than any other voice, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, any seeds that are planted by any other voice but you be rooted out, God. I pray for wives that aren't here. I pray for children that aren't here. I pray for uncles, aunts. I pray for the elderly in our families, God, that nothing shall touch them, God, that no sickness, no pestilence shall fall on their head, God. I call the glory to come down in the house, God. I pray against fear, Father God, right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you for the children that are here tonight, God. I pray that we live our lives as a testimony for them, God, of the things to come, God. I pray that we rise up as a church, oh Lord. I pray for a steadfast spirit to fall upon us, Lord, a spirit of might, God, a spirit of wisdom, God. I pray for your fullness to be overflowing right now in every heart, every mind, every soul, every body, God. Lord, I pray for just a Holy Spirit explosion, God, everywhere we go, God, that we are just rattled and shaken to spread the love of Jesus Christ, God. I thank you for the fresh feeling that you're feeling hearts right now. I thank you for the power, God. I thank you for the power of the cross, O oh Lord. I thank you for the power of your word, O oh Lord. I thank you for your power, Lord. Thank you. Release it. I release it. I release it. I release it. I release the anointing, God. I release that power, O oh Lord, right now. Power in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everyone just give the Lord a praise offering right now. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Woo. Thank you, Jesus.